Welcome to PMA Takes on Tech, the podcast that explores the problems, solutions, people, and ideas that are shaping the future of the produce industry. I'm your host, Bonnie Estes, Vice President of Technology for the Produce Marketing Association, and I've spent years in the ag tech sector. So I can attest, it's hard to navigate this ever-changing world in developing and adopting new solutions to industry problems. Thanks for joining us and for allowing us to serve as your guide to the new world of produce and technology. My goal of the podcast is to outline a problem in the produce industry and then discuss several possible solutions that can be deployed today. This episode of PMA Takes on Tech is sponsored by CropTrack. CropTrack helps food and beverage companies digitize their unique supply chains to easily manage data to improve their processes today and into the future. To learn how your entire supply chain operations can work more transparently, go to croptrack.com backslash PMA. Today, we are having a conversation with Bolthouse Farms about innovation. The company has such an interesting history. It was founded in 1915 in Grant, Michigan. It is now a vertically integrated farm company specializing in food and beverages. It is located in the San Joaquin Valley of California with numerous regional farms. The private equity firm Madison Dearborn Partners owned Bolthouse from 2005 to 2012. In 2012, it was bought by the Campbell Soup Company for $1.55 billion. Campbell sold the company in 2019. From a business perspective, this journey is a fascinating story. Modern Acre podcast did a great interview with Jeff Dunn, the CEO, about the various business transitions that is worth listening to. In this episode, we speak to two leaders in the company, Zach Carlin, General Manager of Farms, and Mike Rosenthal, Chief Innovation Officer and CFO. I love how innovation is woven through everything they do and think about, and what having two different business models, a consumer packaged goods business and an ag business allows you to do. Let's jump into the episode where Mike is talking about his role and how he brought Silicon Valley thinking to the company. In that time period, I was doing technology and innovation across a broad range of companies in a wide range of areas, software, data, services, hardware, um, you name it. And I really got to understand quite a bit about how Silicon Valley approaches innovation. Um, and I, and in, from my perspective, and, and, and you live there, um, so you know, uh, um, Silicon Valley has a unique approach in the world to innovation and technology. And, um, and, I lear- and what I learned there, I realized it is not just for Silicon Valley. And it is not just about the application of technology, but it's actually maybe even more so the, about the application of, of innovation process. Um, and the, the innovation, I lived through some, some material changes in innovation process in Silicon Valley, and I realized those things could be applied to food and ag. And so um, I'm here at Bolthouse Farms to do a lot of things, but one of those things is to help blend together the best of what food and ag have and the best of what Silicon Valley does from an innovation process and technology standpoint to create the food company of the future. And um, we're doing it. So it's pretty exciting. 
as a CFO and CIO, he also uh, never cuts his own budget. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. It's well, that really uses it in my lap. <laughs> it uses two different sides of your brain. That really is interesting. You know, how can we be way out there and do wonderful things, and then how do we control? So uh, that, that those are that's a great balance for you. Zach, let's let's move to you. And uh, and looking at your background, you've been kind of in and out of both farms. You've been in and off of farms and in food produce. Um, tell us about your journey and what you do at Bolt House Farms. Uh, good question. So I started at Bolt House Farms in 1997. I was uh, 17 years old. You can do the math. Uh, fresh out of high school, working in <laughs> maintenance, pulling pumps and motors. Um, did that for the summer. And then went to college in Bakersfield, Cal State Bakersfield, CSUB Roadrunners, uh, and I went to Grimway Farms. I worked in Grimway Farm or at Grimway Farms in their field program, doing data and analytics, understanding seed. I did that for four years, and then ultimately graduated with a degree in economics and went and worked for Kernridge Growers, which is the third largest carrot company. It's also in Bakersfield. Uh, Really, really good experience. Six and a half years there working as an operations manager, understanding how a family run business works and pinching pennies and, you know, competing against Grimway and Bolthouse. I got a phone call in 2007 to come back to Bolthouse Farms and start back in the operations. Um, they were going through a transition because they were just acquired by Madison Dearborn, a private equity firm out of Chicago. Had been a family-owned company from 1915 to 2005. Uh, I came over, started gobbling up part of the operations. Worked from 2007 to 2017, was part of the management team that transitioned Bold House from Madison Dearborn to Campbell Soup. Worked for Campbell Soup for five years, got an opportunity to work in private equity. So I spent two years in the private equity world uh, for a startup, Arable Capital Partners. And then ultimately in 2019, around, uh, I guess, Mike, it was March, April of 2019-ish, uh, Jeff Dunn, our CEO, who was my boss uh, in 2016, he called me and said, congratulations, you're quitting your job and you're coming home and you're going to come work for me as the GM of farms again. And so that's what we did. We acquired the company uh, June 17th of 2019, and we've been, you know, turning and burning ever since. Yeah, it's such a great story just to I've heard Jeff tell the story several times and just about how the different transitions in and out of Campbell's and what, um, you know, the been always very positive about uh, Campbell and how that opportunity was, but the, the pros and cons of getting the band back together and, and uh, pulling, um, pulling bolt house farms back together again. And, and really as a, as a, one of the most innovative companies, I think in the produce industry, you all have really done some amazing things. So what we wanted to do in this episode is to get a future view from the C-suite. So clearly, um, as we've talked about, bolt house farms has experienced a lot of change and transformation in the past five to 10 years. Tell us about what you've learned that has helped the company maintain its leadership, leadership position in fresh food. One of the biggest lessons of Silicon Valley, um, and many of the listeners may not know this story, but um, uh, software development 20 years ago is very different than it is now. And the thing that transformed software development was something called agile software development. And what agile software development uh, did was it said, um, uh, um, uh, rather than spending a long time building a big thing and then finding out whether it's going to work, take it in little chunks, move faster, move quickly, spend less money. And in the end, you will have 
a much more effective, less expensive, faster result. And that then got translated into business models by a book that, um, that I recommend everyone read called The Lean Startup, written by Eric Ries. Um, and, uh, and he showed how, how that process in software development can apply to business. Um, and the very first thing I did when I got to Bullhouse Farms was started talking about lean startup. Um, in other words, we can do things much faster, much less expensively by just trying them uh, using something a lot of people call um, MVP um, uh, and end up with a much better result much, much more quickly. And so Zach and I spent a lot of time talking through this um, uh, I do it on my teams, Zach does it, does it on his teams, and what it does ultimately is allow us to realize that future of food by applying a process that um, helps us move faster and more effectively. And we can give you a number of examples of that, um, uh, robotics and other things that we can sort of talk through in the future, but I'll turn this over to Zach to chat for a bit and then we can sort of talk through some of these specifics. So when we talk about lean startup on the farm side or on the operation side, you know, we use it in a lot of different ways. Um, but one of the things that we're really focused in on is, you know, failure is okay. And that's a mentality that Silicon Valley has. There's like a, a badge of honor. If you have something that fails, you reiterate it fails, fails, and ultimately you get to this incredible solution. And so we've really taken that mentality, uh, that, that Silicon Valley mentality and inserted it into our operation. And so Wonder Roots is a great example of that. Um, it was almost a year ago today, uh, I asked Bill Levise, who's our, our head of sales, uh, I said, hey, can I have an innovation person, somebody that works in R&D? Because I think, and I, the last advent in carrots was the baby carrot in 1988. What else can we do? <laughs> was it that literally, long ago? Wow. It was 1988. Literally, I go, Bill, what else can we do? And he kind of looked at me, he's like, no, I don't think so. I said, no, 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 no. I promise, just give me somebody. So I got Courtney Cobdish, uh, senior scientist in R&D. And within a week, we had carrot bacon, carrot rice, carrot fettuccine, carrot hot dogs. They were taking the tops from the carrots and making pesto out of them. Wow. And we were blown away. And, you know, PMA happened to be, well, I want to say 45 days later, we displayed these products at PMA. Right. And we had no idea what we were doing. We just knew we had a really good product in Wonder Roots and that we were going to try to make it successful. How we were going to do it, no clue. And so, you know, to me, that's that lean startup MVP mentality that Mike's talking about that we took that and put it to work on the farm side. And Wonder Roots is an incredible platform that we're just super bullish and excited about. Yeah. Um hundred percent. It was, frankly, it was incredible to watch Zach do that because you can see the results in the marketplace. And um, if you haven't had a carrot hot dog yet, you should. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy <laughs> how good it is. Um, but, you know, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll add a little bit on this as well, which is Bullhouse is a, is a unique company in many ways. Um, and, and, you know, you referenced some of our, our commitment to innovation from the top down, which is uh, wholeheartedly being baked into our e ethos. Um, but, but one of the ways that we're relatively unique in the world is that we have a big CPG company and we have a big ag company in the same place and they're intertwined together. And uh, what that allows us to do is look at the, the produce and ag equation differently than most ag companies look at it. Um, 
but, you know, most ag, many ad companies, I would say, look at it, um, input costs and yields per acre and all the sort of metrics that quality that, that you have to. But there's another layer that we look at it with respect to it, particularly innovation. And what Zach talked about from a wonder standpoint is, is exactly right. And it's incredible what he did there. Um, we get to put a CPG lens on it. Ah. We get to say, um, uh, forget about the, you know, yes, we have a bunch of project projects, technology and otherwise, Zach does an incredible job with this um, to take 5% of our cost out of our bag program, just like everyone has to. But we get to do something else, which is so important in how we think about the world and what the future of fresh is. We get to say, well, what does the consumer want? And we know that one of the things the consumer wants is a connection back to the earth. Um, they want to understand their food and where it comes from and what it is. And, and they don't want to see an ingredient list of, of, of 25,000 things, um, most of which you can't pronounce. Um, but, but we have a whole bunch of tools that a consumer packaged goods company has to, to assess those consumer needs and then think about that and bring that back to the farm. Um, so what Zach did on Wonder Roots is exactly that. Hey, the consumer is moving away from meat products. Hot dogs are, you know, say what you will about them. They taste awful, and, but they're pretty <laughs> awful. Um, uh, what can we do, right? And 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 you know, the, the R and D team working with Zach came up with some pretty cool stuff, and then we got to launch it like a consumer packaged goods company. So we grow the carrots for it, we put it through our plant, and then we launch it. And now the consumer has a healthier choice that tastes incredible. Um, that is a carrot, not thirty five thousand ingredients. So. I just, I give Zach kudos, you know, and, and the rest of the team kudos for doing that, but it is something pretty unique that we have here um, that will impact the future of, of, of produce and food that, that I, I'm, I'm very proud of. Yeah, I think if you would have tried to go somewhere and sell that carrot hot dog, they wouldn't have done it. You know, they wouldn't have taken it. And so that that you could t- take that to market yourself and kind of test some of those ideas out. And, and also that you can be, really innovative. I think um, it's hard for somebody to come up with something that's really unique um, if they if they're not an innovative company and, and take it all the way through the market. So that that is really exciting and interesting that you have those two different pieces and and you can get feedback loops really quickly instead of having to go try to sell it to someone that that doesn't get it. And part of the reason we're able to do that innovation in the marketplace is brand awareness, right? Bold House Farms is known as an innovative company. And we have a lot of chips in the poker game relative to our CPG business with all the innovation we've done over there. Yes, they're not the same buyers, but they know Bold House Farms is innovative. And so when we went out to customers and did market research on Wonder Roots, you know, back when we used to allow people into our facility and do uh, taste testing, people were like, wow, this is incredible. Like, give me carrot bacon now. (laughs) Let me figure out how to make it first. But yes, as soon as I do, I'll give it to you. That's great. So um, thinking about technology again and and all the innovation. So as you think about the pressures um, on the fresh part of the industry, how is technology and and specifically data science and and other technologies helping Bolthouse manage an efficient and resilient supply chain? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to make a statement that that I, I make a lot, and I, I want to and, and I'm going to turn it over to Zach to chat a little bit. But um, uh, there's something I say that I I I, I want the world to really get. Um, uh, from my perspective, when you think about ag technology, um, 
robotics and data science and the connection of those two things. And data science isn't just the science, but it's the capture of the data, the organization of data and what you do with it mm-hmm. are the chemicals of the future. This, oh, I love that. That's great. Uh, this, this We as a, as a world, um, and certainly in the United States, went through a revolution in agriculture um, when we figured out how to use chemicals mm-hmm. to improve yields and other things like that. There was another revolution in genetics, GMOs, you know, that also helped. Um, there's obviously a great debate about what whether that's good or bad. There's a bit of a debate about chemicals, good or bad. But um, forget about looking at the past. The future um, it is is powered by data, and and robotics is one of the ways of capturing it. Um, uh, and they are the new chemicals. They, that is what's going to drive the next evolution in in agricultural efficiency and lots of other things. And um, and so we take that very seriously. Um, but uh, anyway, Zach, I know you have a lot to say about this. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's interesting to me. You know, uh, for the first you know, third or half of my career, I always thought about technology as automation, right? So how do I find a machine to replace a human inside the facility to keep that five to 10% cost reduction every year? So optics orders, robotic pick and place, things of that nature. And we have a long ways to go to continue down that path. But in the last 24 months, you know, Mike and I have really started thinking about technology in the, from the soil to the, to the plant, right? And so, as he said, we've got a hundred plus years of agricultural information and knowledge, you know, data that's kind of floating around in Excel and in some papers and in some people's heads. And, you know, we're working with CropTrack to kind of get all that information into a single source so that we can utilize that data to, you know, be good stewards of the land. And that's really important to us, you know, at Boldhouse Farms. Um, you know, I think the, the statistic is, the population is going to be 10 billion over the next decade. Well, one of the things that keeps me up at night is how the hell are we going to feed all these people, right? How are we going to feed an extra three or two and a half billion people with the same amount of land and, you know, keep everybody healthy and nutritious conscious. And one of the ways is to be uh, really good stewards of the land and really to start transforming our thought process from the traditional cost per acre, yield per acre, mm-hmm. input per acre, and start to think about it from a nutrition per acre standpoint, right? So how do I get the most nutrition out of that acre of ground? And I've been, you know, reminding people a lot of, you know, through COVID of, look, we are an agricultural company first that happens to grow carrots second. And so we have to rethink how we do farming and start to think about that nutrition per acre angle and going more towards a regenerative ag process and a less towards the chemical process. Mm-hmm. So can you give some examples of how you're doing that and what technologies you're using and how technologies are playing with each other? I'll, uh, I'll start and then Mike can take over. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have started a process uh, in Cuyama, which is a valley probably 60 to 70 miles west of here, uh, a regenerative ag program. And so we took 160 acres of organic and 160 acres of conventional and have literally told our farming organization, you know, if you had this land for the next 10, 15 years, what would you do with it? Like, what would you do with it as a, a true farmer? 
And the outcome of that has been fascinating in terms of cover crops, in terms of rotational crops. And if it's done correctly, if you do all of that correctly and you're good stewards of the land and you keep you know, soil health in mind at all times, your input costs actually go down. Your weeding costs go down. Your quality goes up. Your yields go up. Right. How long does that take? Is that one season or two seasons? Oh, no, no, no. It, <laughs> it could take a decade. Right. Okay. It's a it's a decade long commitment. Now, you will see results in cell, soil health, you know, within six to eight to nine months. Uh-huh. But in terms of, you know, once you get proper rotations and once you get everything down, it could be a decade before you get to bright. Right. And so this is a long commitment. And then, you know, bring in Mike and the technology side with robotics and everything that they're doing. It's a fascinating program. Mm-hmm. So yeah. who's rent, who's um, are, are you running that yourselves or you have other f- contract growers that are running that or how's that? Uh, you know, one of the beauties of working at Bullhouse Farms is we tend to do everything ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> the good and the whether bad. That's, whether that's good or bad, uh, yeah. it's much chuckling because, you know, sometimes we should outsource. But that program, you know, there's probably a core 10 of us, Mike, myself and, the, you know, some other key members are running it ourselves. Yeah, that's great, Mike. What were you going to add on that? No, I, I um, uh, I'll ne- you know, I'll never forget uh, when uh, Zach came back from a trip to London where he went to a conference and uh, said to me, um, "Mike, it's no longer yield per acre." And I was like, "What are you talking about, Zach?" I had my CFO hat on. <laughs> that yield better not go down. <laughs> I'm not cutting LTI budget. <laughs> Um, and then he, and then he, and then he, and then he, uh, laid the, the, the nutrition per acre concept on me and, and my head exploded, um, because I was like, it's, it's so right. Yeah. So right. Um, uh, and, um, and, 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 you know, and so anyway, um, so that, you know, that's, it's an exciting thing to think about, you know, and, and build into how we think about the world. Uh, but on the technology side, back to your question, um, there's a lot of technologies we use, um, and I'll, we'll probably split this up a little bit, but obviously, you know, as Zach said, the, the amount of data um, that is available um, uh, from the start of the ag process, prepping the land, all the way through growing, harvesting, trekking to the plant, going through the different flows of where it might end up in the plant, into a package, onto a truck, into a warehouse, over to the grocery store, into a consumer's mouth. Um, but, you know, I, I come from Silicon Valley. So what I see like the matrix is like just a giant, giant streams and streams and streams of data potential and capability. Um, uh, a tiny, tiny sliver of which we are capturing now, but that tiny sliver is a lot bigger than it was two years ago, and it, and it's growing exponentially with a lot of great work that, that Zach and his team is doing. Um, so there's one piece of this, which is how do you capture and organize the data, and then there's another piece of it, which is how do you analyze the data. So um, I'm going to have Zach chat a little bit about capturing it and organizing it because he's he's doing some great things with a great partner there. This is a place where we do some outsourcing that's good, um, and then maybe come back to me and I'll talk about some of the analytics around it and and some of the things that I think about when we think about the future of that. Yeah, we we talked a little bit about you know the hundred plus years of farming data. Um, 
you know, we're collecting it every day, all day from all different sources. And some of it is very cumbersome. Some of it is literally, you know, individuals counting rows on how many rows of carrots we harvested. And that equates to, we did 10.7 acres of this field. You know, it's difficult, right? And not only do we have a small sliver of data that we need to drive the business, that small sliver is in 15, 17 different places. And it's inputted by human beings at times. And it's very, very difficult to get, you know, accurate data in a very timely manner, because one of the things that I think was lost on prior ownership is, you know, carrots are a living, breathing organism. They don't take Saturdays and Sundays off. They don't get Memorial Day off. Right. And so we plant, grow and harvest carrots 365 days a year. It's what we do. We do it every single day. And so for us to have accurate data timely data so that we can make very, very good decisions based on that data is really important, right? Because if you don't pay attention to the carrot crop every single day, it's the most expensive thing we have as a company, hands down. More expensive than labor, water, land, utilities combined. Carrots are the most expensive thing we have in a company. If you don't treat that with the respect that it deserves and you don't have the right data, you can make a really poor decision and you may not feel the ramifications of said decision that moment because it's a 150, 160 day crop, but in 150 or 60 days later, you may have planted the wrong seed based on the wrong soil type because you had poor data. And now what, <laughs> right? Now what? Now you've got 150 days of input costs with potentially a very poor crop. That's not going to work. And you need to be able to implement those decisions right away. I think a, a lot of times in the past, we would we would collect all this data and then it would end up on a USB or someplace and then someone would evaluate it and then they'd send it back. And then, you know, the season's gone by and you're looking in the rearview mirror and you can't do anything with it. And so I think with these new programs where you can really get the data, have the data, make an instant decision that's going to affect your, your season makes a big difference. It's one of the things that I love the most about Mike is he's so analytical because uh, to your point, we have all of this out there, but we sometimes we don't do anything with it. Right. And so with the programs that he's working on, right, it's like, okay, these are the facts, right. And we're, it, you can't deny the math on this, this, and this, let's make the best decision based on that. Yeah. So outside of the the data management piece, what other um, technologies are you working on? And Mike, you'd mentioned robotics. What what are you guys looking at on that? And what do you think the future of robotics is is going to be? It's an exciting area that we've been waiting. We've all, that's been you know a year away for ten years. <sighs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> We're going to steal that line from us. You can steal some of ours. Uh, um. Uh, um, I can I can I can tell you with great certainty that robotics is less than a year away. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, look, uh, um, robotics is not a new thing <laughs> in the world. Um, uh, you know, if you study the um, you know Toyota and the Toyota production system and, and other you know manufacturing areas and other places. Robotics are, are 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 have not only are not only a primary way that the manufacturing happens, but it's been going on for a long time. Uh, robotics in the field um, and in agriculture is a di- is a different set of problems. hasn't had the same kind of attention and focus and partnership um, that that manufacturing, as an example, has had, um, and so it has lagged. 
Uh, it also ne hasn't necessarily had the willingness to invest the capital to invest the clear way to, to drive a trade-off and the rest of that, which I think is a little bit true and a, and, and a lot, maybe the way the ag industry and world has, I, I don't think has been thinking about it well. Um, and so, uh, you know, robotics is a thing that, that we started looking at as soon as we came back in here. And, uh, you know, I went up to, uh, first of all, I, I've hired a number of folks from Silicon Valley. They've moved to Bakersfield, California um, to join the innovation team um, because, you know, we need that thing that I talked about before, which is the blend of both of them. Neither side knows more than the other. They both have the ag side knows is incredible and knows an incredible amount. And, and so does the Silicon Valley side. And together is where the magic happens um, in collaboration. And so, uh, so, so we pulled our network together across Silicon Valley, and I knew that the, the payback on robotics in agriculture would be clear. Um, uh, and we went out and we, you know, uh, looked at all the different um, robotic companies and ended up uh, finding a partner that uh, we thought we could work with and that had the kind of technology and partnership um, that could really help us. So we have been working on this project for, I mean, Zach, probably a year and a half, yeah. something like that. And, and they had actually already been working on robotic technology just in a different industry. And so um, me and a couple of folks flew up to Silicon Valley and sat down with them um, and explained why carrots are actually something they should really be focusing on um, and convince them. Uh, and, and their technology and their approach and their team is right. And we, our attitude, our perspective, our knowledge of the ground and of the crop and of of the things that we need to bring to the table in that partnership to make sure that we end up with um, a robotic strategy that works is, is right. And it's working. I'm not gonna quote any numbers that I have, but I can tell you that we are, uh, um, we are it is not a year away. With my CFO hat on, um, it's, it's a really good cost opportunity. With our ESG oriented good stewards of the land, um, data and robotics are the chemicals of the future, you know, perspective and, and Zach's, you know, nutrition per acre perspective and all incredible things he's doing on soil health. Um, it is all about that because not only are we saving money at the same time, we are doing things much more effectively, efficiently with less uh, inputs um, uh, uh, that can take care of the land better. And so, so it is, um, it's happening and it isn't going to stop. Um, and and we are well into that technology. Zach, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, one of the things, uh, one of the many things that has come out of COVID for us, you know, is the acceleration of this technology of robotics. Um, you know, we had to completely revamp our business in March of 2020 when this thing kind of started to happen. Um, and we broke our our employee base down into groups of 10 to keep them safe, to keep the businesses going. But simultaneously behind the scenes, Mike and I were thinking, holy crap, we got to start replacing humans with machines because there's a lot of variability in there. And in a weird way, it actually is going to create more jobs, not less jobs, right? It's going to create more technology jobs, better paying jobs, et cetera, because we're going to have less input costs. Ergo, we can invest more into employees and more into technology. But, you know, what Mike's talking about is revolutionary for us, right, for us at Bold House Farms in terms of, you know, being able to collect all that data, uh, do it seamlessly, implement it and have all the robotics. I mean, it's it's really, really exciting right now. 
Oh. Yeah, I think it's a really exciting time and just see, you know, I think a, a, a lot of people will just from my vision, I know it's been around for a long time, but it seemed like there was all these gigantic harvesters, you know, that in corn and soy. And so people started thinking, well, we need gigantic harvesters. Like, let's start there. And um, now I'm seeing, you know, different types of things, you know, harvest aids, you know, small, like burrow, you know, small carts going up and helping with harvesting and, and people um, like Verdant Robotics that are, are having a different approach to how do we thin and weed. And, and so it, it really is exciting. And, and all of that, like you said, it's all, you have to have the data to make the decisions, you know, it's all tied in together. And if you don't, if you don't have the data to know where, where to squirt that weed or, or how things are growing and what they need to look like, then, you know, you can't use the robotics. So that, makes a ton of sense. So as you peek around the corner a decade from now, what trends uh, do you see converging that the fresh industry needs to be building towards now, like new innovations or adoption or application of existing technologies? Yeah, you know, I think Wonder Roots is one of them for us, right? Right now we're living in it. Um, it is a product that is potentially going to replace, you know, hot dogs, at least a portion of hot dogs. And, you know, one of the things that Mike has taught me over the last year is, you know, one of the reasons that Oatly is so successful is it's going after milk, right? One of the reasons that uh, Impossible or Beyond are so successful is they're going after, you know, beef, which is umpteen trillion dollar industry. If you think about it, I, th I think the number's close, Mike. There are 20 billion hot dogs consumed annually in America. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, roll yeah. around and that's that. I, and I think, <laughs> you know, I'm going to quote Jeff Dunn. According to Jeff Dunn, our CEO, <laughs> there are 20 I mean, that's a lot. Right? Yeah. You get 1% of that, you know, we have a really, really good product that could potentially take a half percent, 1%. And, and for us, it's like, okay, what else can you do with carrots? What's, you know, or with vegetables? You know, what else is out there that we're looking at it as part of this regenerative ag? Okay, we're going to create 10 or 15 other, you know, vegetables that we're going to be growing, cover crops, soy, et cetera. What else can we do so that we're equal good stewards of the land, but also in a, continue to be an innovative company? You know, and that's where Mike really steps in with his Silicon Valley experience and his vision around technology and stuff. I think we at PMA, we talk about, you know, um, we really are, produce really is the plant-based diet. You know, we really should be taking on more of the plate and we are the plant-based diet. And so I love that you guys are looking at that and, and, uh, you know, there's lots of room for the, all the other companies that you mentioned, but, you know, I think really going back and, and looking at, let's really get people nutrition, not just pretending that it's meat, but let's get people having, you know, high nutritious food that they want to eat. The produce industry needs to evolve towards nutrition. Um, and, uh, and what I mean by that is, uh, and I'm, the, I'm not even gonna talk about carrot for a second. Um, uh, how, uh, for, uh, take an apple or a head of lettuce or whatever else it is. The focus for a very long time has been, um, how do I get more apples? <laughs> how do I get bigger heads of lettuce? How do I uh, um, create as much of a just-in-time situation as I can, but also since there's seasonality and issues and 
uh, droughts and whatever else happens, um, how do I extend the shelf life of my apple or whatever else it is so that um, the economics of that equation work and I can still deliver an apple to a consumer in uh, uh, May, um, et cetera. Whether that apple tastes great, Right. Whether that apple's nutritional um, content in terms of antioxidants and other things like, and I'm not going after the apple industry. I'm just, I'm using example. Apple, yeah. But apples, I'm just saying as an example, it could be insert carrots or anything else. Um, uh, um, yes, you might be delivering a head of lettuce to the consumer or an apple or a carrot or whatever, but, but what is that? <laughs> Food is, is nutrition for our bodies so we can stay healthy um, and, uh, and it may look like an apple. It may look like a head of lettuce, smell like one, be bigger than it was last year, um, et cetera. The real question that this industry needs to ask itself, if it wants to do great things for the world 10 years from now, like you just described is how do I make sure that what gets in the consumer's hands and into their mouth is more nutritionally dense than it was last year, five years ago and 10 years ago. Um, and, and, and the consumer, and if they're not thinking about that now, they're making a big mistake because I can tell you based from the consumer side of our business, the consumer sure is thinking about it. And the next generation of consumers that is graduating from college and demanding all kinds of things that we read about in the news, um, is demanding that for themselves and their kids are going to demand it for themselves. So, 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 and there, I promise you, and I'm not going to go into all the details because there is some secret sauce at Bullhouse Farms, but I promise you that we are thinking about that right now. Um, so that, so that five years from now and 10 years from now, um, we are delivering more nutrition um, uh, in the form of a carrot or anything else than, than we are doing now, because in the end, that's going to win in the marketplace. That's what the consumer is really going to want. You, I promise you'll see this in the data shifting in the next 10 years. Um, and so, um, so the whole industry needs to, uh, uh, understand that, that, um, that a focus on that using technology innovation and, and soil health and a lot of other things that, that, that you can do right now, um, will actually uh, grow their business 10 years from now because they'll be delivering, they'll be matching what the consumer wants, not just what is optimizing the supply chain um, uh, for 10 years from now. I know many of my listeners work for startups and companies with new innovations who might be interested in engaging with Bolthouse Farms. You can send an email to innovation at bolthouse.com to get the conversation going with them. Here, Mike and Zach talk about the importance of collaboration and working with outside innovative companies. Innovation is in our ethos, um, and uh, and we want to hear from startups who have great solutions. Yeah. And and even if we can't, you know, even if we can't take advantage of it ourselves, we want to help them um, because it's good for the world. You know, if you want to come work at Bullhouse Farms and you're innovative, please come work with us. Um, if you have a startup and you got a cool technology, we probably want to try it. And if we don't want to try it, we probably want to help you anyway. So yeah. Yeah, one of the beauties of being at Bolthouse Farms is we're so big and have so many connections that, you know, some of these startups, their application may not be applicable to what we do, but we can definitely get you to the right person to help you be successful. Well, there you have it, an open invitation. Hope you enjoyed the episode and see you next week. That's it for this episode of PMA Takes on Tech. 
Thanks for allowing us to serve as your guide to the new world of produce and technology. Be sure to check out all our episodes at pma.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and I would love to get any comments or suggestions of what you might want me to take on. For now, stay safe, eat your fruits and vegetables, and we will see you next time.